So I was out of town when we were uh, playing Omaha, which I'm sad about because apparently the atmosphere before, after, during the game was just amazing. Uh, you were there. You were at the tailgate. And by golly, people are starting to notice this little podcast of ours. Yeah, it's weird. Like people are like, hey, you're the guy from the podcast. And I'm like, ooh, this video thing, not cool. <laughs> I apologize ahead of time for my terrible takes and the fact that I predicted we'd lose this game. I was at a uh, academy thing the other day, uh, and one of the academy coaches walked up to my wife. Obviously, I wasn't talking to anyone. I was doing my little misanthrope thing over in the corner. But he walked up to my wife and was like, hey, is that Alex? And she was like, yeah, my husband, whatever. And he was like, I watch the show every week. And she was like, really? <laughs> I can't even get my wife to, to listen or watch the show. So I get her, I get her confusion. Soccer chat with two T's because we're going to chat about soccer, but we're also in Chattanooga. So it's like a play on words. And, you know, Chattanooga is a soccer city. So welcome to episode 15 of Soccer Chat. I am Alex. He is Adam. And Jeff is north of the border. Spying for the Red Wolves, I guess, before their, their game in Toronto. I don't think he's in the right part of the great white north to to be spying for us right well i heard that uh, unfortunately his camper got a flat so he's uh, hammering out a sponsorship deal with canadian tire i think for soccer chat well, future episodes nice. may be brought to you by canadian tire uh definitely wouldn't complain um but he did have some thoughts that he wanted to send down to us about the game with omaha oh are you wanting me to share that because that would involve Go. me paying attention and not responding to Brendan Dean in the chat. And it's not really a skill set of mine. Brendan Dean! Hey, Wolfman Jeff coming at you. How ironic I will be in Canada when the Red Wolves will be here in the Great White North. I will be nowhere near Toronto. So I'm about as far as Toronto as um, Bangor, Maine is from, I don't know, Detroit or Chicago. So that'll give you a sense, you know, yes, I'm in Canada, but it's not close. So uh, we we're, we're, won't be coming back until after Labor Day. Uh, looking forward to catching some Red Wolf game when we first get back. And uh, hey, onward, upward, I feel good. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see what side we have play here in Canada. Uh, the border was interesting, but I think with uh, our front office, you got people handling all of the border issues ahead of time. But uh, they've had to cancel some things, uh, some sports things already. So we'll see what happens. Hopefully I won't get uh, uh, deported before then. So, hey, hope you enjoy the Red Wolves as they face Toronto FC. Duh. So that's the wrong video, but I couldn't stop it because I was so mesmerized by <laughs> what he was telling us. So, yeah, once again, proving how good I am at being a producer. Um, let's let's see. Let's get his actual reaction now. Let's let me pull the right. Hey, one. Wolfman Jeff, coming at you here in a very loud and noisy camper. 
uh, here in Prince Edward Island. Uh, didn't get a chance to see too much of the last game, but I did see the uh, uh, Ricky Ruiz's uh, winning goal. Not sure when I'll be able to watch again. Uh, we're now in Prince Edward Island. Uh, so moving further and further north, enjoying time with my daughter. So uh, looking like I missed possibly the best Red Wolves game that there ever was. So onward, upward. Hey, hope you guys have a fantastic show. And I will howl. I won't show my daughter, but she'll howl with me. Ready? One, two, three. was barely there but my wife she jumped in to make sure I wasn't you know Hi. like left hanging there like Ramos would so I'll catch you later bye <laughs> all right so two things happened in those two different videos right so we got his reaction and he was I think let's real quickly touch on this before we talk Toronto he's right the, the crowd was definitely um very involved in the game versus Omaha um there's a lot of college kids from both UTC and Bryan College there, and they brought a lot of energy, which then was um, picked up by a lot of the fans that we see um, game in, game out, all those season ticket holders that um, that are in that kind of consistency. We were missing a lot of you guys because you were out with the academy, and we do have a large um, contingent of academy players and their families that are season ticket holders. Um, and so it was really exciting to see that large crowd, um, even without the academy bump, which I would guess is between 250 and 500 people total that you get out of that academy bump from the kids to their parents and and um, siblings and such. I uh, had to chuckle when we were watching the game in the first half and you look at that hill that I'm so used to seeing dozens and dozens of kids running around chasing after shots that go over the goal and all that kind of stuff. And it was just so, so empty and quiet. And I, there was almost a tumbleweed going across. Um, I was so glad that you guys made the choice to move down uh, and, uh, and you know, had some, some blurry photos of certain soccer chat hosts back on the hill that I found. Oh, well uh, but, yeah, just that you guys moved back in the second half and, and gave the team a lift as they were attacking that goal. Uh, so that was great. I think I mentioned this in the off the post, but we were actually asked by Coach Obleda, like – as he's leaving, he comes over to where really it was all the – there was a fraternity from UTC that had kind of taken over the first three rows of the supporter section. And they were very loud and very engaged with the keeper. I think that's the only way I want to describe that. And uh, and Oblata came over and was just like, I need you guys doing the same thing on the other side, getting in his head, being loud. Um, and I don't think he was asking us – crossing lines you're just wanting us to you know be loud and so yeah we all like it was kind of cool it was the first time they had the tunnel underneath the uh underneath the stadium open with the lights okay and so like literally it's like all the brian college kicks so they asked them to go over there too and all the utc kids and then like a number of us that sit in the supporter section the drummers stayed and we had two drums this time which was great uh, but the drummers stayed on uh, over there just because we didn't know what the setup would be like with all the rain we'd had up to that point um, and yeah, we all went under the tunnel together and got over there and it was a lot of fun. So the result of that, we, you know, we already did off the post so people know what we think about the game. Uh, but the result of that was Chattanooga Red Wolves moving into first place. Now, to be fair, we're two points ahead of Union Omaha and they have a game in hand. 
Uh, they've played 16, where we've played 17 games. Uh, if you break down the points per game table, uh, the two of us are tied. Um, yep. We've got, but we've got the head-to-head win against them. We've got a draw, so we've taken four points from them this season. Uh, they've only been able to take the one. Um, right below us is one, two, three, four, five, six, seven teams. So three through nine, all sitting at 24 points. And here again, various number of games, but all at 24 points. Um, and pretty shockingly, they're all playing different teams this weekend. So there's a decent chance that they could all kind of end up still bunched up together. What are you thinking about this playoff race? as we get towards the the final uh, stretch run of the season. Yeah, so a couple things I would point out. First off, Tormenta here, it's played 20 games, and it's sitting at 24 points. So of those teams, they are the most vulnerable to lose their spot. I think that's a safe statement. Um, Greenville has lost three in a row. That's not good for them. Forward just lost to the worst team in the league um, yesterday. Uh, And what's amazing to me about this is, the two teams that to me seem the most likely to cause a headache for these guys are the, the new England, this new England team, which has been very like seven wins, three draws, seven losses. And, and from there, even like, if you look at how they've gotten their points, it's very similar, but this Tormenta team is nuts. They either win or lose pretty much. Right. Um, I would say that the most likely to, to come out of that and hit those top four spots in my mind um, is probably North Texas and uh, are the top two spots. I would say it's probably North Texas and uh, uh, New England. That's who I think is the most likely to, to get those home games. But I love it. I love the fact that three through nine is all tied, which means that they can all fight each other for the opportunity to lose to us in the second round. And you look at Fort Lauderdale at 10th place. They're only two points behind them. Um, So things really do stay pretty thick in the table. Um, Really not until you get to those bottom two with Tucson and North Carolina. Do you have any kind of separation? Um, And also kind of exciting. We've got three, four games left against those bottom three. At least we play, we play North Carolina twice. We have a game coming up after this one with Toronto uh, against Fort Lauderdale, and maybe I'm wrong. I thought we had a game against Tucson, but actually, I think we've played uh, both Tucson matches. I'd have, so. to, I'd have to look. The other thing I wanted that I've noticed when I've been looking at this, and I—I'd be honest, I've looked at this quite a quite a lot. And something I just lost track of, I think, is we are the top scoring team in the league right now, and that's with playing only 17 games, right? Right. Um, the next closest is Fort Lauderdale, who have played two more games than us at 27. But also, we've we've given up the second least, right? I mean, Union Omaha doesn't score and doesn't give up a lot, um, which explains your one nothing victory, even though it could easily have been three nothing. Um, but you know, we score a lot and we're not giving up a lot. That makes me feel really good. Yes, very much. Um, I think that's going to be different as we look at tomorrow's game against Toronto and um, you know, some of the, uh, some of the rumors flying around uh, obviously as the Red Wolves are having to get across the border, Jeff made reference to the fact that uh, him uh, with his vacation, trying to get 
uh, to Canada to spend some time on Prince Edward Island uh, with Anne of Green Gables uh, was interesting. Stuff that I've heard from sources in the front office is that it's been interesting for the Red Wolves as well. And, uh, and I think there's going to be a very limited bench. And I think you're going to see a very pragmatic approach to this game. Uh, where we try to maybe get some early goals. And if we don't, I think we're going to try to get out of there uh, with a draw. Uh, you know, certain players that are going to be missing, I don't know who all is is making the trip and who all has not. So we know for at least from Red Bulls pictures that Frishy is back um, because he was on their – picture of in Atlanta airport on their way to Toronto. So okay. I feel safe to say Frishy will be back, um, which is, is good. He was out for the combo of, <laughs> from my understanding, a combo of COVID and baby. Um, so I think he had both uh, either a, he was being quarantined because he was close contact with COVID or he himself had it and his wife had their baby. So lovely, lovely little, little, little double for him. Uh, but he looks like he looks like he's gonna be back. He was in the stands last week, um, so you know I, I talked to him a little bit in the stands at, at the Omaha game, and he he indicated that it's not an injury that's holding him back. So that's good news as well. So yeah, we'll see what we get. So you look at Toronto right now; they're sitting in sixth place, six wins, six draws, six losses. Um, the, the epitome of mediocre. Yes. Uh, and you can't really find any kind of pattern if you look at how they've played through the year. Um, one of the things that I make note of is, you know, they started their season, they played three or four home games yeah. in Arizona. They played three or four more home games in Florida before uh, at the beginning of July being able to get back to Toronto uh, and they've played uh, about four games at home. Uh, they had uh, a loss to New England. I think they they maybe beat Greenville. It was either Greenville or forward. Um, but basically, in four games, they have one win, uh, one, one tie, and two losses uh, in Toronto. So this is not necessarily like a huge home field advantage that they have. And of course, we you know if you remember from the very first year. It's a training pitch. Uh, there's not a ton of people, you know, maybe if academy practice lets out early enough, they'll have some kids on the sideline uh, watching the game. Yeah. Um, they play, they're going to kick off at 4 p.m. Uh, because the training pitch doesn't have lights. Unbelievable. How unprofessional. I can't believe they let people do that. Um, and, uh, and so it's going to be kind of an interesting vibe, but it's not something that really sets up all that well for Toronto too. They have not, have not defended home all that well since they've been back in Canada. Yeah. And they just don't worry me. Maybe they should, but they just don't like when I look at like, they just played Ford Madison, who is not good. Let's just go ahead and say that Ford Madison is not good. Um, Ford Madison just lost to North Carolina with North Carolina starting three Academy players, the same basic back four that they had against us when we had like 30 shots on goal. Mm -hmm. Um, and they they tied them, and they only got off nine shots. Like that doesn't make me feel confident about Toronto's ability to do things against us. Um, 
and so I, I guess what, what I'm saying on that is I get the idea that you have a limited bench and get out of there with a tie, but I'd still be disappointed if we don't get out of there with a, with a win personally. So that being the case, um, I think one of the ones we know, Juan Galindrez, um, player, uh, an international player, came from Colombia uh, due to uh, you know his visa requirements. He was not able to make the trip. Uh, and uh, and then some of the other players that maybe we've heard or seen that are not going to be there. What kind of lineup, what do you expect to see out there on the field? Who are the major changes? Well, I think Frischi gets a start, I think, is the, the key thing you're going to see there. I think um, he's going to have fresh legs, and you can just run him to death with those fresh legs is kind of the thought, hopefully, that he hasn't been out too long to be not be able to go 90 minutes. Um I just, it's hard to know without knowing who's going to be there, like who's available to them. Mm -hmm. um, I've heard a rumor we might have a change on the back line. Um, and so, yeah, I think you're, you're going to see a change there. We might have a player you wouldn't expect not playing. Um, and so, who I think has played every minute of the game, just to continue with my hints. Uh, <laughs> well, not every minute, but he's definitely started every game. Um, I've heard is not going to be there. And, I just don't know. I, I worry about what this is lineup's going to look like if you know because we really have a deep bench. We go what six, seven people typically are available, right. um, and then you know if you're saying we're only going to be bringing like thirteen, which is what I've heard, thirteen or fourteen. I don't know who those four people that are out. Like, does Rafa have any issues with his visa because of you know you know where he's originally from? Um, because you know Juan has his issue, right? So. Right. I, I don't know. I just don't know. Yeah, it's one of those ones where it feels like we're going to be thin defensively thinking of international players. Jorge Luna uh, came from playing in Paraguay, uh, and Sebastian Capizucci, I believe, came from, from Chile uh, and has not. I don't think he was playing in the United States before, so I think those are really ones to keep an eye on. Um, you talked about other changes in the back line uh, that, we've, that we've heard about. Um, so it could be a very different defense than what we're used to seeing. Um, but I think a lot of our attacking players, you know, they're guys that are from the Los Angeles area uh, that we're, you know, pretty sure that they probably should be able to make it. You, you might see uh, a first start for someone like Christian Zaragoza. Uh, and, uh, and so that'll be exciting to see if he, if he gets that, uh, gets that opportunity. Uh, you may have to lean on a, on a kid like that, at least uh, maybe come off the bench if he's not getting the start. Uh, so that you can can get some so, minutes. So what's your thoughts on this? Like, should USL have allowed them to go back to Canada if they are not able to allow the U.S. teams to have their normal players? Like, it seems to me like an unfair advantage for Toronto to not have to play. Because a lot of those international players, for a lot of teams, not just for us, are your better players typically, right? They mm -hmm. Yeah, and it's something that has been, like, you know, if, if you've noticed the rash of academy signings going on around the league, I think if you were to actually do a deep dive and go back, a lot of those were happening in the weeks leading up to them having to go play in Toronto. Uh, and so having to do what they can to pad out their bench to have people that they can, uh, that they can get across the border um, yeah, I don't know that it was thought out so well, or, you know, when they made the original plan, uh, they may have thought that things were going to be good. And then this Delta surge hit and they didn't adjust. Yeah. 
and maybe they couldn't maybe you know once once they were back in Canada they they didn't have the access to facilities like they did to start the season uh, that's probably something that takes quite a bit of negotiation so that's a good point I don't yeah. know um, you know it's not the first time I, I you know we're both Braves fans there have been multiple times where Braves have had international players coming through their um, their minors and they would have to kind of switch levels for a couple of weeks while guys were playing minor league games in Ottawa or or something like that. Uh, so it, it's something that does happen, and uh, I guess you just got to roll with it, you know. And like you said, we've got a deep bench, so I think they do have the talent to cover for it. Uh, it's just going to be a very interesting challenge. I think if they come away with a win, uh, this is one of the big wins of the season. And, uh, and Coach Obleda should, you know, maybe take a moment and savor the fact that he was able to, to put this together uh, and motivate these guys. And uh, uh, who knows, maybe maybe old uh, Sawchak will hop up off the bench and all of a sudden he'll be in a Red Bulls uniform. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I, I like him, but it's been a couple years at this point. I don't know that he's game fit. All right, so let's get to your painful prediction. We'll let you go first. So I see us sneaking an early goal and uh, us unfortunately running out of gas towards the end and giving up um, an equalizer and us going with a 1-1 draw. Okay. Um, I'm, going, I'm going a little bit conservative here. I think we win 4 nothing. This isn't uh, me. This isn't me playing FIFA, Adam. No, it, it and it's not Arsenal playing uh, West Brom in the uh, in the Caribou Cup when we bring our first team and they bring their academy either. But I do think um, I do think that we're going to play a lot better than expected, and I think there's going to be some players that haven't gotten playing time that are going to get playing time, and this is going to be their chance to shine. And I think Jimmy's going to do a good job of explaining to him, like, hey. We got like 10 weeks left and then playoffs. You want to be a guy off the bench for me? You want to be a guy who gets an occasional start? Go show me what you got. And I think I think he, he we get something out of him for nothing. That's my prediction. All right. And I may well, be let's... working from home tomorrow so I can be off right at four. <laughs> yes, that is definitely a thing that's happening. Um, so everything's topsy-turvy. Alex is negative. Adam's positive. Um Let's go with area soccer roundup. The uh, UTC ladies off to a one and one start. Uh, but also tomorrow, I think in the evening, they are going to be at Belmont University up in Nashville. And that game is going to be streamed on ESPN Plus, uh, as well as their Sunday match uh, opponent. I can't remember, but they'll be playing uh, on on uh, ESPN plus again in that game, uh, Tennessee Wesleyan played Dalton state earlier this week. So two, two clubs that have a lot of ties to, uh, to Chattanooga red wolves, people in the Academy Academy kids that have gone to those schools, uh, things like that. And, uh, and Tennessee Wesleyan, both the men and women came away with wins over Dalton state. So big time for them. Uh, and, uh, Brian college also kicked off their season. Unfortunately, couldn't come away with a win, uh, Covenant grad Adam, very happy about that. I, uh, I mean, hey, everyone knows the Savannah College of Art and Design is known for their soccer team. 
Sorry, sorry, Brian College watchers. Sorry that I set you up for that. Covenant College begins September 1st, and their men's soccer team picks second in conference. So there you go. I'll take it. I'll take it. And that, our friends, was the area soccer roundup. It's a little weird not having Jeff here to keep me from ripping on Brian College as he is a Brian graduate. I feel bad, but at the same time, please. At the I'd same time, you don't. If I'd be lying to you if I felt otherwise, Brian. Lied. I see what you did there. Yeah. So other area soccer news. Uh, I'm sure, Adam, you're an avid reader of the Rome News Tribune. That would yep. be that would be Rome, Georgia. And uh, there was a fun article about Rome oh, the ticker? being eyed oh, as a possible destination for a NISA team. Because everyone, when I, when I think, like when I think of, of Rome, I definitely think not single A. I, I think I think pro soccer. That's that's exactly what I think. So when you're when you're trying to be the league that is pushing to be a rival to MLS, Rome, Georgia is where you go. And I don't want to make fun of Rome too much. Very college grad. We love Rome. I've talked actually not too long ago about it possibly being a great destination for a USL League Two team. Um, you know, the semi-pro, the college kids. Um, two things in this article that uh, that made me, that kind of tickled me. First of all, is uh, in the article it says that, now I'm trying to find it. Where did you go? It says that there are two professional teams in the southeast, one in Chattanooga and one in Charlotte. So that would so be NISA. NISA teams, yeah. So they're talking about they're talking about CFC and they're talking about the NISA owned Charlotte team, which is right. in Stockton. So but that and it's funny because there's Birmingham, Chattanooga, Greenville, South Carolina, Statesboro, another USL team in Charlotte. And he says that they're centrally located to other cities in the southeast, including Atlanta, Chattanooga, and Birmingham, which is true. So thinking that there's a lot of players to pull from, but there are actually professional teams in those cities to pull those people. But here's the other one that uh, that made me laugh is when he says... I feel like they've updated that. Oh, here we go. Uh, pointed out that West Coast visiting teams would be arriving early to adjust to the time zone, which would mean more business for downtown and local hotels. Yeah, all 20 of them? Like, what? The the teams on the West Coast struggle to get tens of fans to come to their home games. I don't think you're going to see too many of them traveling out here. You're going to get a really good contingent just... driving down from Chattanooga. And they'll eat yeah, at they'll a restaurant good. or two, which in Rome they all close at like seven thirty p.m. anyway. So it's well, they're eating um, before the when they're not. And here's the thing: they're not eating at those restaurants. They're 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 doing a tailgate of their own at the stadium, right before the game. So the, the grocery team, stores might get some more hot dogs sold. The team stays at a hotel. They'll stay there the night before. Then they go play the game. Um, I, you know, I don't want to pour too much cold water on it. If if this guy thinks he can make it work in, in Rome, then more power to him. 
more opportunities for for people to chase their dream of playing soccer. But uh, but yeah, that just some of those uh, some of those claims well, in the article just just made me chuckle. Well, the other thing I loved about it because one of the things all the all the NISA people love to talk about is how USL went and found <clears throat> this investor guy to come into town to build this team with the Red Wolves, and they get ripped on like that's not local. That article talks about. How it's just oh, some yeah, random the Roswell dude. City Councilman that's trying yeah. to start a team in yeah, he, he, he lives in Roswell, which city. is an hour and 15 to an hour and 20 minutes away from Rome, like north of I, yeah, it's a it's a suburb of Atlanta, yeah. It, it, it's just like you're the hypocrisy of, the, of that whole group of people, like. I would like for Nisa just to go ahead and fold and the good teams they have left go to a real league because it's a joke. All right, moving on. Hey, Adam. Did did you see the game? Did did game? you watch that game Sunday? There was a game on Sunday. Are you sure yeah. it didn't feel like a game? Well, here again, we'll bring back Alex playing FIFA on easy. Hmm. Because uh, Reese James there over on that over on that right wing really it's, seemed to have all sorts of space as if the computer generated player was purposely tucking inside. It's it's almost as if our starting left back was out with COVID. It's weird. Yeah, well, so a good coach would have actually replaced him on the field. Nope. Apparently nope. Arteta was just like, I guess we don't get to play with a left back now. Yeah, well, the fact is we don't have a good backup left back. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, it was ugly. Like, I think we all we all knew it was going to be ugly. Like, they, no one's expecting this weekend versus Man City to go any better. <laughs> like, even like e even uh, what was really funny to me was even Jaka's comments after the game was he, he was like, you know, the first two or three games don't define your season. I'm like, I haven't played the third game yet. You're letting the cat out of the bag. <laughs> <laughs> So is uh, is Mari okay? Has anyone checked on him? Is he is he good? Did he make it to practice? Is he so? Is, that we has he gotten some counseling? We, we played a game on Wednesday. I feel like we came out of our rut a little bit, and uh, we're we're obviously going to be a cup team this year because why else would we put out our first team to play? <laughs> Our tennis is like, nope, we're, we're winning the Carbu and we're winning the FA and we're going to finish in last in the Premier League. That's my goal. <laughs> I'm going to see how long I can hold on without scoring any goals in the Premier League. Because we're going to be three games in without a goal score. That's, let that be known. Like, we're going to lose to Man City. There's a good chance like by then they will have signed everyone who's not been signed to PSG. So <laughs> it is what it is. So big game for Wolverhampton taking on Tottenham. Jeff has thoughts. Jeff has thought. Jeff always has thoughts. Yeah, this show's going to be dreadfully short because we don't have all of Jeff's thoughts. Hey, Wolfman Jeff coming at you. Uh, didn't get a chance to watch the Tottenham match. Um, I heard it. Uh, it looked better than uh, how the score was. That. Uh, they're still kind of coming together. Word is that uh, Bruno Lodge is coming up with a side that's uh, may look more like Oblata Ball. Uh, we just gotta we gotta get some more key signings in there. A few things to beef up. Right now, the problem is with our spine, 
in so far as uh, like our sides are fantastic and, and our very front is, is, is great uh, with uh, Raul Jimenez but uh, we're having problems getting the ball moved up in the middle so we need another central uh, defender and probably another someone in the uh, midfield so not too much longer uh, I think uh, I think most school fans right now are watching that market uh, delighted we haven't lost some of our key players of course that could change between now and then but the strengthening needs to be center back and uh, probably a uh, defensive midfielder hey this is Wolfman Jeff coming at you at Prince Edward Island here in Canada our home and native land True patriots love. I'll stop. Oh, so good. So good. So before we move on to the favorite segment that most people have, which is the Bigglesweight Report, um, today the U.S. men's national team's uh, World Cup qualifier roster was noticed. Did you get, get a chance to see that? Uh, no, I didn't. Right. So... The, in my opinion, the biggest part as a USL League One fan to see on there, a certain gentleman by the name of Ricardo Pepe has been included, which means he has chosen the U.S. Uh, as where he's going to go is between us and Mexico, as he is an Mexican-American. He was born in the U.S., but he is of Mexican heritage. Um, what, what, is your, uh, what is your thought on that as you, as you see that? Thank God. I finally get to watch Pepe do something and be excited for it. He <laughs> gave me nightmares in the very first Red Wolves game, of course, when he scored his hat trick. He gave me more nightmares uh, about a year or so ago in the playoffs as the Portland Timbers needed just to see out a goal kick that instead they put right into the path of Ricardo Pepe, who then scored, tied the game, converted a penalty in the shootout to knock the Timbers out of the MLS Cup playoffs. Uh, I was just waiting for him to like get signed somewhere like Arsenal and put Chelsea out of some kind of cup uh, or to go with Mexico and keep us from qualifying for the World Cup. So, hooray, I actually get to root for Ricardo Pepe. Congrats, kid. Yeah, so I'm going to share my screen and show you guys the rest of the roster so you can kind of get a, a look at, at what we're looking at here. Um, so there is there is Ricardo Pepe, as previously mentioned. Um, but a number of other players that are that are on here or not on here that people found interesting. Um, is there anybody else, when you look over this list, that you're either excited to see on the list or you're surprised not to see on the list? Um, I am... I am excited about Serginho Dest, uh, Anthony Robinson. A little surprised to see DeAndre Yedlin. Uh, not a name that we've heard from very much. Uh, but uh, Tyler Adams, Weston McKinney, Josh, Josh Sargent. I, I feel like the Josh Sargent experiment has run its course. I, I don't get what everyone else sees. but uh, But yeah, that's about it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm I'm excited about this uh, this roster. I think it should be interesting to see how we do. Um, you know, it's coming up really soon. So, yeah, I think for for like I said, for a League One fan to see somebody who literally I, I got to watch in person uh, here in in Chattanooga when they came to visit CCS, that's it's pretty exciting. So, 
Um, yeah, thought I'd share that before we, before we moved on to everyone's favorite segment, which is uh, the Biggles Wade Report. So with that said. I'm looking at that schedule coming up next week. Uh, seven points minimum. Really probably should be nine, if we're being honest. Yeah, so. agreed. All right. That brings us to the Biggles Wade Report. Sorry, I've lost my notes. There we I'll go. I'll get you zoomed in, too. All right. Biggles Wade United on Tuesday, taking on Newport Pagnelltown. We all know how those guys are. Uh, level at the half, it was 2-2. Two to two. Uh, The game did not go Biggles Wade United's way in the second half, unfortunately. Uh, Giving up a lot of goals. A lot of goals being scored against Biggles Wade United right now. Uh, Hopefully they are identifying some things and uh, and getting that defense shored up. Um, they, They have not been shut out often, so they are able to score goals if they can get that defense organized. Uh, then they will find themselves in more of these matches. Uh, they are going to be home against Coventry Sphinx on Saturday. Uh, Biggleswade FC on Saturday, a big 3 nothing win against Harrogate Town uh, in the FA Cup preliminary round. So now they're going on to first qualifying. Uh, we'll get to host AFC Dunstable. And uh, on Saturday, they'll be uh, on the league uh, taking on Colney Heath. Uh, and then our friend Chris Nunn got their draw for the first uh, qualifying round of the FA Cup. They will be taking on Hitchintown. Uh, the the great thing about these matches uh, is they're going to be local. So AFC Dunstable and Hitchintown are both very close uh, to Biggleswade, Bedford, uh, this area. So these are going to be like local rivalry. Uh, you're going to see a lot of folks hopefully traveling, uh, good atmosphere at those matches. Um, so Biggleswade Town had a, a midweek draw against Luton Town U23s. Uh, so Luton Town, part of English Championship, uh, and their development side came down, played a friendly. That game ended in a 2-2. Uh, they will be playing Saturday at Hednesford, and then they will be home on Monday, uh, Bank Holiday in England. They will be playing St. Ivestown and uh, be paying attention for the Biggleswade Town program the match program gets put out on Twitter, and uh, you will see an article from Soccer Chat. That's your exciting. Biggles Wade report. Well, thank you. Thank you, sir. And uh, for those of you that have been paying attention, Alex has had uh, professed his deficit of poutine. And uh, Alex, can you explain to me what, what, that, what that is? So poutine is French fries covered in a cheese sauce-like gravy. And uh, I think sometimes other things as a, as a bacon and stuff like that sprinkled on top. Okay. Uh, a delicacy that I hope one day to have myself. But uh, as of right now, I am poutine deficient. All right. Well, I think on that note, I think we can go ahead and say bye. Bye. Oh, and by the way, poutine. It was ordered. It was eaten by my daughter. I don't eat it. It's kind of nasty. So, donairs are great, but uh, poutine does. My daughter eats that up, just like the proper Canadian she is. <laughs>